The time is 8.19. This is Lacrosse Talk on WIZM. 14.10 a.m. and 92.3 FM. Mike Hayes is on a much-deserved vacation. So I get a chance to talk with Dr. Joe Heim. Good morning, doctor. Thanks for being here. Well, good morning, Ken. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. You know, I... I have to say I'm a little overwhelmed with everything that is going on in the news. And I, I, I honestly don't know if you and Mike had uh, talked about anything that you should help us with today. I, but there's just so much going on in Washington right now. Yeah, it's, uh, you watch the news at night, and some of the stories that are number four or five probably would have been headlines ten years ago. Absolutely. Uh, there's so much coming out, and, uh, you know, it's, it is overwhelming to some degree. And that's one of the reasons why I think some of this stuff is, gets kind of blown away. Well, these are lies. You know, that's an easy thing to say. What, what I'd like to know when people say that is what? Which specific thing do you talking about is a lie and whether you can prove it or not? You know, you talked earlier today about facts versus opinion. I really think there's a big difference. Oh, yeah. I was just I was going to say that. There, I, I think uh, for not everybody, but a, a lot of people, they're... We just we we believe so much. We I think we actually believe it's fact when it when it isn't. Yeah, that's a, that's really the problem. Uh, what the press has been doing more recently, the last year or two, is trying to identify and do a fact check as quickly as possible on the story. What they were doing in the past were were simply reporting something, and then maybe a week later, uh, Politifacts or one of those groups would. Uh, you know, identify whether something was or wasn't factual. Well, that's a little late. And what they seem to be doing a little more of it is trying to come up with whether something is or isn't a fact or uh, an opinion or a lie or a misstatement, whatever you want to say. So that's that's helping to some degree. But uh, this stuff is coming fast and quick between. So what are you going to do? Yeah, I think just choosing not to believe it is is easier than, I mean, thinking about all of this could give you a headache, uh, really. Yeah, and, and a lot of it is uh, sources of news, Mike. Excuse me, I'm sorry, Ken. Uh, you know, if you just listen to one news station, uh, you're going to get uh, their their opinions. And frankly, they blur. <clears throat> Both MSNBC and Fox blur the difference between opinion and facts. That's, I think we all know that. And I think I would encourage people to try to listen to several different stations to get a better idea of whether something is or isn't, uh, you know, factual. Yeah, you, you almost, you really, we have such an opportunity these days right on our phone to access uh, sources from everywhere. And I know I do it. Uh, I, I try to, I look at sources that are, are from places that I, I, I know I'm not necessarily going to agree with, but I want to see that perspective. And there's their, their interpretation of those, the things we can agree on as facts. Yeah, there's, uh, I've, I've heard some people say things that, you know, that are more than neutral. You know, will tell the voters have to decide this. They've got to start doing more of their homework. Uh, they've got to be able to, you know, go to the Internet and go to different sources and find things. Well, the fact is we're free to be ignorant. And the typical <laughs> voters, frankly, are getting a little overwhelmed by stuff. So you, you, we unfortunately go with the sources that we think we, we trust a little bit more and leave it at that. We're well, all kind of busy. Yeah, and especially when it gets so overwhelming. Um, I did have one question that uh, came up on the uh, Better Hearing Center talk and text line about the deep state. Yeah, I will tell you, I taught a course years ago on uh, public personnel administration, and, and through that course I learned a lot about the federal bureaucracy. I, the deep state primarily, they, the, the name implies that there's some kind of a cabal out there that uh, are basically going after the president or trying to block uh, administration from doing things. Most of this is simply people that are civil service that are doing their job. 
they, frankly, if they were lying or they were misusing their power, they would be in a lot of trouble, frankly. I, I just, uh, I deny that there's any kind of an organized deep state out there. These are people that are simply doing their job on a day-to-day basis. So maybe the bureaucracy is being called the deep state. Yeah, I think that's primarily what they're focusing on. Uh, I don't think it's so much uh, uh, like Congress or uh, lobbyists and people like that. I think it's really more the bureaucracy when they talk about the deep state, because a lot of this does have to do with uh, whether or not the FBI, the CIA, the State Department were abusing their their authority. And and I, I, I tend to think that you would have a real hard time getting away with some kind of a conspiracy with so many people involved, basically, this stuff would get out one way or the other, and does seem to be getting out one way or the other. Well, and I'm not sure if this is quite an area of your expertise, but this whole situation with the whistleblower, uh, and, you know, we had the people poll question that we put up yesterday, should the whistleblower's name be made public? And it came back, really, to my shock and surprise, 100% yes, their name should be made public. Wow. To me, it seems like that is the only... Uh, that is the only shield that a whistleblower has, whether they're whistleblowing on the government or a private company. I was shocked to get that result. I'm, I'm shocked by that. There is a federal law, the federal 1969 Federal Whistleblower Act, which basically shields a whistleblower from public acknowledgement. Can you imagine if this whistleblower's name was released and he, people started to threaten him? Uh, would anybody else in the federal government ever whistleblow again? In other words, uh, it would have a chilling effect on, on the whole idea of whistleblowing, and, and people know better. I think Senator Grassley, for example, well-known conservative Republican from, Illinois, from Iowa, uh, said basically that we should not release the whistleblower's name. And that's, I think a lot of the people in the federal government are watching this. It's just whistleblower gets uh, uh, publicly acknowledged, and in, in fact, he, would be in some, he or she would be in some difficulty. There, there's an answer to this. The White House could easily, could e- by the way, the whistleblower, almost everything the person has said has proven to be true so far, at least by the witnesses that have been before Congress. A quick answer would be the president should release a word-for-word document of the transcripts and let people decide. He could also identify who those people were on the telephone and let them testify in Congress. If they, in fact, can say something other than the president. Uh, witnesses, let's hear it. And and frankly, that hasn't been happening. For a variety of reasons, the White House is not allowing that to occur. All right. Well, we did have another question that said, uh, uh, should uh, sh- don't we have a law that says that uh, an accused has a right to face their accuser? And I think the answer to that uh, is that at this point, uh, there, this is not an official, uh, nobody's under arrest for anything. And I think if it gets to that point, then then the rules may change. Thank you, Dr. Joe Heim, for that insight. Coming up at uh, 8.50 this morning, we'll be talking with Bill Sofer about a big celebration happening in this area.